Hello, my friends. Welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. It is the ninth day of April, and in the year 2023, that means it is Easter Sunday. So let me say happy Resurrection Day to my fellow believers in Christ. This is our day. This is that big moment. Really, all that we are as followers of Christ rotates around this weekend, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and Resurrection Sunday. But today marks the day of the beginning of the rest of the age, that Christ comes out of the tomb on Resurrection morning. He comes out as the last Adam. He comes out clothed not in the grave clothes of his humanity, but in the glory of his resurrection. I'll hit some stuff in this little podcast moment today that we hit in our full sermon, and I want to remind you that we have posted a full sermon today called Journey to the Eighth Day. And I walk through from Palm Sunday on through the resurrection what Jesus did of significance. The Gospels tell us every single day on the way to the resurrection, it tells us something that Jesus does, which is remarkable. This is the the single most important week in human history, had to be, between Palm Sunday and the resurrection. So that message walks through journey to the eighth day. When we get to the eighth day, of course, that's resurrection. I call it eight days because I know there's seven days in a week, but once the resurrection rolls around, it's not just day one because that would mean that that day's going away and it's day two. We've entered into a whole new world. It's really the eighth day. It's it's a brand new start. It's the other side of the silence of Sabbath, the silence of Jesus going into the tomb. It's the day where the stone rolls away. So we'll say some stuff here that we say there, namely that I think it's really possible that the Jesus that comes out of the tomb is naked. And I don't mean in some carnal sense, but I mean naked in the way Adam was. In the garden, you know, God fashions Adam from the dirt and breathes into him. And Adam is then a living soul. Out of Adam, he pulls forth Eve. And Eve isn't just this extra addendum to Adam. Eve is the fulfillment of Adam. Eve embodies everything good about Adam. He sees beauty in her. But he's naked, and so is she. And they don't, I don't think it's the the point of the story to focus on the fact that they're naked, but to let you know that they're naked and unashamed, that they are what they are and they're not embarrassed about it. And it isn't until sin enters the world that shame enters the world. And when they attach themselves to sin, they attach themselves to shame and vice versa. And then they have to clothe themselves over in fig leaves. Well, the human story then is really a big cover-up. It's mankind. The clothes just become an allegory. We, we just cover up what we really are. We cover up our failures and our faults, our insecurities, our stresses, our anxieties, our fears. And then Jesus steps into the great cover-up. He becomes a man. He takes upon him. The Word becomes flesh. 
and dwells among us. And then he shows us what God looks like. He goes to the cross. He steps into death. He goes into the grave. He harrows hell. And he comes out of the tomb. And the scriptures tell us that his grave clothes are folded up. In the book of John, they're just folded up, lying there in the tomb. Why does the writer show us this? Well, if his grave clothes are folded up in the tomb, then what's he wearing? Well, the Jesus that stands outside the tomb is confused in John 20 as being a gardener by Mary who comes to the garden to anoint his body. She thinks he's a gardener, but I don't think it's because he's raking or, you know, clipping grass. This is the new role of Jesus in his new creation. He is the gardener, the great gardener of Genesis that reaches down into the dirt and fashions a man and breathes into him, is now the great gardener in a new garden. Unclothed by old Adam, clothed over as the new Adam, the last Adam. The beauty is that the New Testament has God in various roles through man's allegory. Say, for instance, the book of Hebrews pitches Jesus as a, some sort of litigator, that he's an advocate. Uh, Paul talks about God as a great accountant, like he doesn't count, and he uses accounting terminology in the Greek, count our sins against us. But we muddy the waters a little bit when we end with these allegories alone. Maybe the one that we should hold on to is he's a gardener because that's how he starts in the Garden of Eden and that's how he looks on the resurrection. And more importantly, the gardener illustration works best because gardeners get their hands dirty. They stick their hands into the messy soil. And that's what God does in us. As the new creation, it's God putting his hands into the soil of our lives, rearranging it, weeding us, seeding us with his love, his mercy, and his grace. Like a gardener planting seed in the ground, he seeds us with his fruit, his peace, his gentleness, his joy, his mercy, his love. These are the things that grow forth out of us because the great gardener is at work in all of us. And to push the illustration a little further, Jesus said that the kingdom is like seed placed into the ground. I think the Jesus that comes forth from the grave on Easter morning is the great gardener that puts the seed of the kingdom into the earth of his church. And out of it, a new Eve. Out of it a new creation. It's not sexual. It's gardening. We went into the ground and died and we come out a new creation and the gardener isn't finished working on you. This is why don't lose the utility of seeing yourself as both the sinner and the saint because then you get to see yourself planted in him and resurrected in him. The great battle that goes on in you goes on in His capable gardening hands. I hope you have a fantastic 
Resurrection Day. Tomorrow on the 10th of April, a Monday, we'll get back at our Mark study. Following the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus is going to come walking on the sea. We'll see you then. God bless.